I got this incredible screenshot that I need to share with you guys. I might- I- Oh, what is this? Oh, uh, God. Who is- who did this? What? <laughs> I don't know who did this. This is just a TikTok I saw that, like, had this and oh then this guy, God. like, whining about it. Uh, it's- it sucks, man. Um, I don't want- now I have to look at this. talk about Kevin. We're back. Uh, it's me and Ted, as always, and we've got a special Howdy, guest. Our good friend Kurt is with us. Uh, we hey, had Kevin. to bring Kurt on for... Kevin? Why did I say Kevin? Kevin? Oh, man. Kick him off the show. I meant to say You're done. You're done. You're done. You're done, man. You're out of here. Uh, we had to bring Kurt uh, on because we are uh, discussing something in his wheelhouse, his sort of area of expertise, uh, because as you all know already, Kevin Smith uh, was the showrunner of the brand new Netflix reboot of He-Man titled Masters of the Universe Revelation. W and, was he uh, actually the showrunner? I, I didn't realize that. He was the showrunner. Uh, so he, he was, uh, technically in charge of writing the show, which is why he's, uh, getting all the credit from people okay. who are mad about online. But I believe that, uh, uh, you know, we, we talked about on a, on a, one of our comic book episodes, uh, we talked about his Batman 66 comic that he co-wrote with Ralph Garman. Uh, and just by reading it, we could obviously tell that Kevin did yeah. none of the work and it was all someone else. So my in knowing that Kevin is like not a notoriously lazy piece of shit who's happy to let other people do all the work and then take credit for it, uh, much like his hero, Stan Lee, uh, he uh, uh, we, we believe nice. that my belief is that Kevin as a showrunner is basically a no show job for him or a, a no or a no work yeah. job as as they as they say and he <laughs> I shows sure, up and yeah. sits around yes. while everyone else does the writing and yeah i'm and, absolutely sure he has to sit like, to actually show up and like be annoying to everyone yeah, who's yeah, actually yeah. trying to get work to go oh dude yeah man that's really yeah man yeah here's the thing though i think that he is like a, a real uh a bastard uh like stan lee but i i think that he's so dumb that he doesn't even realize it yeah like i bet i bet he thinks that he had an equal hand in writing that bad Batman comic with Ralph Garman like he thinks it was 50 50 you know and I bet that as a showrunner he's like you know they're going around the room and taking ideas and he's like yeah that's awesome yeah man that's great and like whatever and then like ultimately contributing nothing but still feeling what like, like he, he I bet he believes in his heart that he wrote that he man like that it was that it's his show but I truly don't believe that like there were there were like none of the Kevin Smith like hallmarks in the writing of this show. I mean, there yeah. were there was like there was corny humor, but it was like a but the humor was like perfectly translated from the kind yeah. of corny humor that was in the original uh, He-Man cartoon. Uh, this seemed like it was a Netflix like this seemed like the most generic of like the Netflix animated stuff like. It had elements from like Castlevania a little bit. It, it just like it didn't have any like 
specific voice and especially thankfully not kevin's yeah well, uh, and and uh, by the way i i, I want to say thank you for having me back on the show by the way because i breathe, of course I oh kind of passed uh, kurt, out earlier kurt, kurt schiller <laughs> co-host of uh parents just don't understand <laughs> obviously the founder and editor of blood knife an expert on children's media uh so uh we we oh, had to have him on to, to talk yeah those. and i'll say one of the one of the best <laughs> friends of we need to talk about Kevin. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I, I will. I have to say, I was not really a, a He Man kid growing up. I actually preferred Shira, and I was ashamed about that for the longest time. Much like <laughs> I was ashamed about the fact that I I liked Sailor Moon a lot more than Dragon Ball Z, and I I. I've I've kind of come around on that one. Um, I appreciate both of them now. I, I still kind of think that uh, not the modern Shira, which I'm uh, is kind of just the, I, which I don't want to get into, but it's 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 fine for what it is. But the mm. older ones, I do think that Shira is is uh, the better of the two cartoons. Um, but this, uh, I I it's you know it's it's weird. This was like. I agree with you completely, but it didn't have a specific voice. Certainly not Kevin's. I almost feel like it didn't have any specific voice, and it was definitely yeah. very generic. Like it, it just kind of left very little impression on me, apart from maybe the first and last episodes. I get. I guess I can agree yeah. with you there. Uh, I, I, I'm just going to get it out of the way. I liked it. I like this cartoon. Um, I but I agree with you that the first and last episodes are where it, it really shines, and a lot of the in between is kind of like. It feels very, very standard, I guess. Uh, I didn't dislike but, um, it. I, I want to I say, though, about He-Man and She-Ra, I, I never watched any of them growing up. They were a little before my time. Uh, but, like, I only started to watch He-Man and She-Ra uh, recently. Like, uh, my ex-girlfriend was really into, like, uh, shitty old cartoons, and we would get high and watch <laughs> them. And... <laughs> And he and he man is so it, it was so funny, like because at the time the 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 children's TV standards of the time, and you might have some insight on this, Kurt. Basically, there couldn't be any violence really. He man could never really fight anybody. So you have you have this like uh, you have this really great concept that has all this implied violence because he's like a super strong barbarian with a big badass sword. But every episode he would go up and transform, show up and transform into He-Man. And then like he would have to like push a big rock or like open a really heavy yeah. door or something. And then the episode would end with him convincing the bad guy of the week to like be good instead. Yeah, <laughs> or just like we chasing never, them we away. never yeah. got to see him swing his sword or even like hit anybody. It, it, and then it was, you know, and then it would cut to like, hey kids, and that's why you shouldn't get into a car with a stranger or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I do I do kind of agree with you. I I, I watched a lot of both He-Man and She-Ra and She-Ra is really interesting in that it kind of expands the world of he-man a little bit because yeah it has like an actual concept to it whereas he-man is very much like we got these eight characters that we made toys of like what what can they say and what what toys can they play with in the show well yeah because you find out it's bigger than it like he-man versus skeletor on eternia that there's this whole that there's this whole like uh uh like galactic thing and the leader is horde prime and hordak and skeletor are both just <laughs> minions of horde prime and and yeah there's in it uh it complicates the mythology a little bit and then also on she-ra sometimes he-man shows up sometimes skeletor is there and you see skeletor and hordak working together 
And I think it turned, I, I don't remember if this, is, I, I think it turns out that Skeletor was originally like a minion of Hordak who like got stranded on uh, um, Eternia for some reason. I don't know. But, but, but anyway, I, I think that those, that the, the old, the old card, I got really attached to the old cartoon because of how funny it is. And it's like, it's very shitty in a lot of ways. The animation is really shitty. And there's this promise of violence that never pays off. So watching the first episode of this uh, a He-Man reboot, you know, it basically communicates the entire uh, uh, premise, the, the whole story of the old He-Man show in one episode. And you get to see them actually fighting and killing each other and people yeah. getting chopped in <laughs> half with swords and shit. And like, and uh, man at arms using his like cool laser weapons and slicing people up. And it's like, yes, finally, it was very like, uh, it, it was very uh, uh, cathartic kind of to watch because they they had they had <laughs> they had to watch people attack and well because they had because they had kill. all the same goofy jokes you know they have orco being a little idiot they have cringer <laughs> which is also a really <laughs> cringer the relationship between cringer and battle cat was always really dark to me because like cr cringer is so terrified of turning into battle cat he doesn't want to do it he's always begging prince adam not to bring him <laughs> along and not to transform him and then once he but then once he becomes battle cat he's like ah let's kill you know like it's like this it's like this dark murderous monster buried inside him and he's just terrified of of letting it get out also i got to say awesome they cast my favorite actor steven root to play the voice of cringer which is yes, great yes he was great all the voice actors in this oh, honestly that was incredible that was voice shining. acting yeah uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, uh, Mark Hamill as Skeletor is just like the most obvious and most perfect choice for that. That's awesome. I, I think the perfect choice, as I've said before, actually would have been uh, Jackson Public uh, from Venture Brothers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because, yeah. He, but but uh, Mark Hamill does it in a very Mark Hamill way where he, he sounds like a slightly tweaked version of the Joker, which is also awesome. Um but I, I do, even though the middle chunk of the show in between the first and last episodes isn't like that great, like, I do think that the concept of, I mean, having uh, Prince Adam die and then having, uh, uh, wow, I forgot her, Tila, Tila kind of emerge as the hero and then... Like I, 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 I'm sorry. I just laughed because I remembered that they bring Prince Adam back to life just so he can die again, <laughs> yeah, which is which is awesome. Like I think that's a real. And then obviously setting it up for so that Tila is going to become the new He Man in part two, presumably. Like I think that that is, uh, irrespective of all the gender politics or whatever culture war bullshit people are mad about i think that's like a really cool uh way to take the story and it makes sense and it i like the fact that it's like a sequel that like advances the story of he-man rather than just like you know just yeah. being like a, like a reboot because they already had a he-man remake show like 15 years ago and the animation basically looked the same as this so like it would have been really lame if they just did the same show over again. So I yeah. thought that was cool. And some of the ways that they advanced the world, like after Skeletor is gone and there are these warring factions of his former minions, like, I, I, I don't know, I, I like all that stuff and it made a lot of sense. And I don't believe that Kevin Smith came up with any of it. Yeah, I what, what I liked <laughs> the most about the advancing of kind of the concept was the way that people had to grapple with the fact that, you know, 
Prince Adam was He-Man and and vice versa. I actually yeah, thought that yeah. that was really well done where like like his his dad is like constantly being a dick to Prince Adam and then is like oh yeah. no like like oh no like <laughs> like my son that I didn't like very much was the hero that I was constantly comparing him to. I thought that was pretty clever. I liked the way that like Tila was pissed off that like she'd been cuz yeah, like like in in the original cartoon it is very much kind of like suspect that there's only like a handful of people that don't know that prince adam is is bad for apparently no reason and and, so he looks and he looks exactly the same (laughs) like 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 in the original cartoon it isn't even like he's like a smaller guy and he gets buff when he's he-man like he literally looks exactly the same just he has a worse he just has less clothes on yeah, and and that's that, that that's one of the things that's also really frustrating and ridiculous about about the original He Man, and I like that it's that they immediately do away with that, and it like has an impact on on the story, which is really cool. And got and the 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 scene the scene where uh, where where Prince Adam dies in the first one, you see Tila figuring out that it's him, like as he's dying. That like man, that really hits emotionally yeah the my 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 issue with the series isn't even that like like i didn't like it it's just that i i felt like um the middle of the series they really are relying on um teela evil lynn and and andra to carry the series and i didn't feel like Mm -hmm. teela and andra were especially like interesting characters like like andra is basically not like a non-character like she could have been yeah anyone they they really didn't spend any time developing her or, th- or thinking about like who she was like her whole thing is like oh this is so cool yeah. like i'm having fun she's a fan like, oh, okay yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, that, that could have been better i uh, yeah i mean I, I i liked seeing the way the yeah i guess the main characters aren't that interesting although i think they did a pretty decent job with tila but I I I I was more interested in just seeing like them like uh experience that uh, them like encounter different parts of the world like post Skeletor mm-hmm, yeah. and uh, the way the um I forget what the fucking tri head tri face Tri-clops. whatever the triclops triclops by Henry Rollins yeah by Henry Rollins <laughs> the the way he's like transforming a uh, uh, snake mountain into like a, a techno a technological uh fuck, yeah. like turning all the like these Cronenberg into techno slaves <laughs> yeah I I I, I I I like that a lot I like seeing you know man at arms like after being fired and you know retreating to some little village like the the the, the way that they like filled out the world i guess were more interesting to me than like the main characters themselves yeah yeah although i i will say i thought that like the 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 character that i did think was really well done was uh evil lynn uh yeah voiced by uh lena hetty i, I thought yeah, that yeah. was really it, yeah good Le- lena hetty as evil lynn and liam cunningham as man at arms are just perfect incredible cat it's so funny mm-hmm. to take the evil lady from game of thrones <laughs> to be evil lynn and like the coolest guy from game of thrones to be man at arms it's like <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just like really like uh, th- that's just so perfect and that, that, that that's just really funny to have like you know this opportunity in 2021 to get that kind of casting in a in a He-Man cartoon. My my hunch is that if there was any touch of Kevin in anything, that it was probably an Orko who is still pretty annoying and has a couple yeah. like 
kind of like yeah. typical quips like it but but to be fair like orko was always annoying yeah that's the thing like he's he's annoying and shitty in the same way he was in the old cartoon cringers like lame jokes are the same kind of lame jokes cringer had in the old cartoon so i really don't i i, I don't feel like i i don't know i feel like if anything kevin would have would have not like because, I mean, we we talked about the same thing on the, the Batman 66 comic episode is that, like, I don't think Kevin has the ability, the uh, creative ability to imitate uh, the uh, other voices in that way. You know, yeah. like, I feel like that's dependent on the talent of the writers working for him to recreate, like, the feeling of of the, mm-hmm. you know, like, it, because they could have done the thing where like, they, they try to make like, oh, Orko's actually cool, you know, but no, like, they have Orko making the same kind of shitty jokes. And thank God they killed <laughs> off Orko. Yeah. yeah, I was so I was so glad that Orko fucking died. And yeah, and he got to have his little heroic death. He got to do one good thing for the first time in his whole miserable life. And it, and he died in the process. That's the perfect way to handle the character of Orko. I like seeing him like float around. But whenever he talked, it was like, oh, yeah, sucks, man. <laughs> uh, uh, honestly, well, uh, honestly, he was much less annoying than how Orko sounded on the old, like Orko is so fucking Jeez. annoying on the old show. I mean, he's the Scrappy Doo character. He's yes. the one that you just hate. Yeah. So it's perfect that they killed him off in a sort of heroic way. And it's also very funny that he and Evil Lynn bonded. <laughs> and that Evil Lynn had like this affection for Orko. <laughs> that was really funny. I, I would say like the thing that really made like a lot of the old school style like cheesy jokes not work for me was the animation style is just the netflix like house style yeah. and it's didn't like it it was just like not good at evoking I, what you, i think the show wanted to be do you feel like there's really a netflix house style because like uh i, I don't know because not I mean, exactly because like, i mean you have uh, the shira show which obviously doesn't look the same at all it has that uh cal arts like tumblr uh queer kind of aesthetic um yeah but uh i, I would say I, that like I, I also, if it was honestly but I also think if it was if closer you, to the Shira thing and had its no, own that would sort suck. of vibe, that would suck so much. It would no, not I'm necessarily so be no, I'm ha- look like Shira, look, but like if it if it this, had its own little like sort of vein no, as as opposed to just being no, like, I'm vetoing basic that. And vetoing that. This looked exactly <laughs> the way it needed to look. Yeah, I thought, oh, I thought no, it was fine. I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, if you look at the the other uh, He Man remake from from the two, early two thousands, it pretty much looked the same as this. It was like the same designs, but that's fine. I mean, like it take it takes the. I mean, like it, it was. Uh, yeah, like I thought it looked good. It looked kind of cool, and you know the action scenes were like fun to watch. It didn't try to do like a more like. A stylized kind of thing which i would have hated and you know it was fun i don't i i watched a little bit of she-ra i fell off after like a, a season and a half or something because it gets kind of boring but yeah. also like the animation like looks kind of shitty like the the designs are okay but like i don't know maybe the more it went on like it had less of a budget too but like i just thought it looked like she-ra just like looked really cheap Kind of, and I don't know, to me felt like they were like, we want a show that kind of feels like Steven Universe. Can you do a right. show like that? And they were like, looked at yeah. it like, yeah, we can kind of do that style because it, it it doesn't, yeah, it just like I don't think it's a bad style for that type of show. 
Um, but there's nothing much to it. The style is fine, but the animation looks cheap. Like Steven Universe has has some beautifully done animation. It's very yeah. like fluid. You know, the aside design aside, like the animation looks great. But Shira, like. I don't necessarily think the design is bad. I just feel like they cheaped out on on the animation. Yeah. It look, looks very flat. Can, can I jump back to something that you said yeah. earlier, um, Treb, which is you, you, you said you were mentioning about how you feel like Kevin doesn't realize that, he, you know, nobody like he doesn't actually serve a purpose. And it reminded me of this uh this this interview with him or this excerpt with him that uh, you you've probably brought it up on the show before but he was talking about directing a couple episodes of I think it was the Flash yeah series, yeah I think yeah we've talked we've talked about Flash and Supergirl yeah yeah and there's 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 like an interview that I saw where he was talking about wow it's so easy to direct mm-hmm. you know an episode of television like you basically <laughs> just like show up and tell people what to do and it just kind of goes off as planned you're just there to hang out with the actors and joke yeah. around because they already figured everything out for you. <laughs> exactly, but it seemed to me that reading between the lines, it it felt to me like he didn't realize that it was that way for him because he didn't serve a purpose and probably isn't a very good director and doesn't have anything yeah. to add. And they were kind of like humoring him as a fan. Like he he, <laughs> he seemed to be interpreting that as like, well, that's what directing TV is like. And I was kind of like, I, I don't know, Kevin. It's, it kind of seems I, like maybe they just knew that you're not very good at this and they well, shouldn't really expect too much of you. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a little bit of both because uh, he, he is right to a degree about directing tv because the uh uh in the sense that you know a, a, a tv it's not like the director isn't like the main guy in charge of the production like right. on a movie uh and then in a, for a lot of tv shows they kind of have like a set uh way of doing things and a set like a uh, style and look and everything so the director is there like the director's job is like kind of a formality although that can be different on depending on the show, you know, there, but for, but for, a, but for a kind of CW style show, like the flash, like they kind of have everything worked out. They don't need a director to come and like bring their like vision to it or something. But also I think you're right to a degree that like Ke- Kevin's not going to show up and be like asserting, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, like any kind of like uh, artistic like vision or, or like authority, you know, like they can just kind of like, work around him you know and and but but because it's like a uh you know like a nine to five uh production network show kind of thing it's very easy to work around that because they're not expecting him to show up and yeah it's 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 not like frank darabont showing up and and directing a couple episodes of the walking dead (laughs) exactly yeah yeah (laughs) yeah like like i don't know like on something like you know a show like Breaking Bad or whatever that's very stylized, like they do depend on the directors having, uh, you know, bring something to it, but it's very collaborative between the director and the showrunner and like the episode's writer. And they like, I think they worked out the creative aspects together. And that, but then on something like, uh, you know, something like Supergirl, like, they don't really they don't really need a director to put in that creative work. They're just kind of just there. In, and yeah, and like you said, especially with Kevin, it's like daycare. 
It's like going yeah. to uh it's going to the Flash uh director day camp like you know like a fucking <laughs> like he's a make a wish kid and then they get to have Kevin <laughs> then they get to have Kevin Smith's name on it just cuz he's a name that's associated with geek culture and that's the transaction. It it's you know it's it's funny that you say that cuz it makes me think that like so so if you actually did want a director of like a TV episode to make an impact like on the sh- the episode itself, you would pick someone who has like a discernible style or like a particular sensibility, and and Kevin definitely doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. And to the extent that he does, it made me think of like, well, even something that you would want kind of like a clerk's sensibility to, you probably wouldn't get Kevin Smith to to direct. Yeah. that which is kind of mm-hmm. evidenced by like the clerk's cartoon series which kevin smith had zero involvement in. well he he was he was technically involved in and i think he's actually the credited writer on most of the episodes but that's another situation where there was a writer's room yeah. and a bunch of like you know uh tv animation uh comedy right. veteran writers who obviously were <laughs> you know but like kevin still he was there and he gets all the credit he technically only he's he's credited as the writer on the first episode, which yeah. is which is funny because well, it it makes sense because that's kind of the episode where you would you would kind of just pitch ideas and have someone go yeah that's fucking awesome dude like like because but, as you say that that's where all the stuff that you know uh, an eleven year old boy would have wanted to have happened in the original <laughs> He-Man but never did because of, you know, standards and practices. Oh, oh, I did want to say there there's there's a lot of cartoons that that do have that same effect of of like people with weapons where they can't actually ever use the weapons. The funniest one to me is uh the Conan the Barbarian um uh Conan the Adventurer as it was named oh, okay. um 90s <laughs> cartoon which is actually quite good in the nine, actually, even even in the 90s they couldn't uh have a little it violence it depended on the network um and i oh, think okay. this one was definitely pitched kind of like towards younger kids um it was uh it, it it was it was it's actually fairly true to the Robert Howard novels like surprisingly so um mm. i forget the woman who uh who was the showrunner for it but she she actually had like um like a real deep affinity for for kind of like sword and sorcery um like uh like comics and and stories and so she really tried to like replicate that kind of like 1930s pulp feel to it and they they make a big deal about everyone having these like star metal weapons that are the only thing that that can kill the snake people um but they never actually hit the snake people with them instead kind of like like a beam shoots out that like sends them to the nether zone so so everyone has these prominent weapons that they never actually swing at anyone or or like they might just like touch them to them Yeah, that that's interesting cuz like uh so Conan is probably one of the big things that kind of influenced the the style of of He-Man originally, but it's like that but in with like a sci-fi twist, you know? It's like a little bit of mm-hmm. cuz like He-Man is kind of like a barbarian, but it's like, "Oh, but what if he was in space and there's like kind of a little bit of a dune like space fantasy, yeah. but there's technology, but there's also magic." Like it, it, it it's it's it, it's a very like it's just a very cool core concept because it's designed for toys and it's like oh we want these toys to be fun to play with and they need to look cool enough to use your imagination to like but then you actually make a cartoon by early 80s kids tv standards and you can't fulfill like the promise of that uh 
of the promise of the premise it's such an easy assignment. Like, I think any basically decent writer, if you give them the like, okay, you're going to remake uh, uh, He-Man in 2021. It's like, well, this is easy because it's all like set up like Skeletor is the bad guy. He-Man has a sword. They're going to fight. There's monsters. He can chop up the, mo you know, like it's a, it's, it's a very simple and straightforward assignment that it's like hard to, to fuck it up and make it bad. And I think that they didn't fuck it up or, or, or make it bad. Uh, and they even, and I think that they did take a risk by shaking up the concept and killing off He-Man and making it about the woman. And obviously people got mad about that, which I want to get into in a minute. And <laughs> it wasn't nearly as bad as it could have been, you know, like I'm, I'm impressed, like, like the, the middle episodes weren't always great, but I'm impressed that they didn't completely like lose me. Like they, they managed to sustain it pretty well. And yeah. you know, the familiar villains and like minions showed up and were kind of, uh, my favorite one was uh, Kevin Conroy as Merman, who was so awesome. Like That was great. That, that I was, also like that, Jason that Mewes cool. as Stinkor. Yeah, that was fine. Whatever. Uh, that, that, that reminded me that it was a Kevin Smith thing. And I'm kind of like, all right, I don't need to hear his voice. But, <laughs> but, but Ke Kevin Conroy gives an amazing vocal performance as, as, as Merman. Like, he, <laughs> I, he, he was so awesome. I kind of liked that episode just, just because of him mainly. But, um, and of course, I liked it when, uh, fucking, um, when uh, or when Orko died, <laughs> uh, we'll get into the main reasons people are so mad. But I was looking at a lot of the complaints online, and one of the things that I saw was people complaining that they killed off Orko. <laughs> and I'm like, this is how I know that you're not even really a He-Man fan, yeah? Because Orko fucking sucks, dude. And like on the original <laughs> He-Man, Tila was a cool character. She's one of the main here. Like she's she is like a like a very capable like heroic character. Orko is a piece of shit that that anyone who watched the show would hate. And like, but then like, but they fit it into this like, oh, the women are the heroes and the men just get killed. And Orko, of <laughs> course, is one of the men since he's at least male presenting i guess you know uses he him pronouns I, I saw like a little bit of the backlash before i even watched it and i was surprised that it really wasn't like like yeah the 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 three women are like technically the main cast but like it's not like they're the only characters or anything like yeah a lot of the men characters from the old show are there the whole time and like helping i really yeah. didn't i thought like it was it was not what i was expecting based on the backlash like it wasn't well, yeah, of course. Like well, that at all, really. Well, it's funny because it's not political at all. It's not feminist yeah. at all. It just does the, like, bare minimum of centering the female characters. But it's done in a way that, like, f fits with fits with the existing premise of He-Man. Like, it, like if you, if you want to do something other than just, like, He-Man is back and he's fighting Skeletor some more time, like... Tila is like the next logical person to be like a successor to He-Man or whatever, because she was like basically like not like He-Man's sidekick or whatever, but she was like the, you know, like the second most important character on the original show, pretty much. And like it just I don't know, it, 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 it's not like they like it's not like they went out of their way to inject this, you know, woke agenda into the show because it really doesn't have one. You know, yeah, it's, it's just a, very a silly politically... kids cartoon. Yeah, it's very politically neutral. It, it it felt like that to me must have been like a like a specific decision not to not to even nod at 
like trying to make the show woke because it really doesn't it really doesn't do anything even remotely in that direction. Like it really it, yeah. it really feels like it, it goes in the opposite direction of like we're just not going to comment at all on the fact that the main characters are all women, which which like I, I think is certainly like a, a fine decision. I don't think that every every cartoon necessarily needs to like wear politics like on its on on its sleeve of co- of gender not. politics or, or 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 other and so like it i certainly don't see it as a shortcoming that that it didn't you know try to be more overt about that also that it's it's really like it's really like he-man is such a simplistic sh- show to be yeah with. it's like what is there what exactly is there to deconstruct um in in the original he-man i i, I actually actually um, if you really wanted to to do that, you would keep Prince Adam alive and have him grapple with like what the persona of He Man means to him. Yeah, like and that, you and you that's know the what that would have sucked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would have been super whack. Yeah, like just keeping it like a straightforward, simple adventure show, and like actually giving it a story, so that Tila goes through this whole uh, you know journey to get to the 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 Valhalla. Uh, to find Prince Adam and bring him back and then having him die anyway, you know, like is, yeah. is, is really fun. Oh, also I, uh, it's the, uh, the thing that I was trying to think of, but didn't mention is that uh, Tila is obviously important in the original He-Man lore because uh, what's her name? The sorceress is her mom. And like, that's like, yes. the, that's like a big uh, secret that exists throughout the old He-Man. So like, of course she would be like the legendary hero rather than just some dopey fucking prince who just happened to get the sword. Like he's so fucking special. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also thought it was interesting that, um, and, and, and again, this, this had to have been like a very like intentional decision. They don't try to really shy away from just doing violence and killing like it was clearly yeah. like they were like yeah we're gonna have people you know fight and kill each other which, which again if you were going to make it like a more quote-unquote woke show you would you would you would speak to that in some way but like for instance in in the second episode when they encounter like the like triclops cult there's like a father and his daughter who who have feel like they've been like pressured into joining the cult and they get turned into these robots and they just straight up murk them. <laughs> I was like, oh okay, so so yeah. they're just like killing people. They're they're not they're they're not trying to comment on anything. They're just trying to have a show where people fight and and kill each other with like big swords. Yeah. So like, okay, sh- sure, that's that's fine. But then that also just narratively, uh, you know, makes the stakes uh, more real. You know, the fact that like <laughs> that characters can actually get killed, including the fucking main character, He-Man himself. You yeah. know, like that. It's 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 better. Like that. Just p- politics aside, that's just more interesting narratively than it being more like you know, Shira, where you know. No one, no one is really going to be killed, at least not on screen. You know, it's they're going to like the bad guys are going to be turned into good guys with love or, you know, whatever. Like, I, I, I'm not trying to like shit on She-Ra too hard. Like, I don't really have any problem with it. But like, I, I, I don't know. I like the I, I, when when the when there's actually violence, it makes the, it just makes the narrative more, you know, it makes the stakes real. Like it, it makes it feel like any of this actually matters, you know? 
Yeah, I really uh, felt yeah. like the the backlash against it felt very forced. Like it it felt like oh like, my god, it, it felt like like a just the worst dumbest people who were going who, who the the sort of people <laughs> who you would expect to get mad at any He Man adaptation, and then people who were like who who saw it as an opportunity to complain about the woke agenda and yeah. we're like oh hello fellow kids i'm mad at he-man because like nope nobody yeah, fucking that, cares about he-man no one exactly not, exactly no that's exactly what it is <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it is like I, I i feel like as far as anyone can be a fan of he-man <laughs> i'm sort of a fan of he-man just because i watched <laughs> some of it while while i was high like a couple years ago you know <laughs> like i'm as invest i feel like i'm about as invested in in he-man as any like rational person could be and i liked the all the decisions they made you know but i, I but but i think that's exactly right like it's most people, people, these people, these like fucking right wing culture warriors or whoever will look for any reason, will latch on to any fucking children's show or any stupid bullshit to pretend that they care about, to like pretend that their like uh, culture is being taken away and then convince themselves that they're really mad about it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just you it's just using the like none of these people gave a shit about he-man it's just using this as an excuse to complain about the same things over and over again but all that aside i love that it happened i've enjoyed every second of it because it is so hilarious for <laughs> kevin smith to be at the center of the latest culture war yeah. wokeness controversy over some shit that he probably didn't even actually write Oh, he absolutely didn't write it. Yeah. It's so great. I love it. I love that all these people have, because a lot of these like kind of right wing leaning people probably really liked Kevin Smith until recently <laughs> because <laughs> a lot of his stuff is like, you know, edgy or whatever. And it's the kind of stuff stupid people like, you know, but uh, they, they all like turned on him. <laughs> Well, what's funny is to like to me, my my impression of him is that he's not he's not even really one of those guys who who seems to take joy in in like kind of you know uh per uh like making a big show of flipping the bird to like to like to right wingers like he no, definitely says not things like that but he's not he's not like um God who's who, who's that one uh Star Wars author who who is constantly about it uh uh chuck whatever his oh, name oh yeah oh Wendig, uh, chuck uh, wendig. yeah wendig like like, yeah. like he's not he's not that kind of guy where like it's his brand to be like yeah fuck the right wing and and you know even no. though he's like a shitty liberal um he, he's no, not that guy not, at all not so it's at funny all. to we've, watch him squirm around <laughs> we, we've we've talked about this kevin has gone on like the anthony kumia show and stuff he has like <laughs> friends with like a podcast on like compound media he goes on joe rogan like kevin isn't even he's too dumb to even like notice where those like cultural divisions I exist and like he does he's because he's like been very friendly to the the right wing podcast like radio sphere <laughs> in, in the past and i don't know if he even knows like when he goes on the anthony kumia show i don't even know if he knows that this guy's like notoriously racist or, or whatever <laughs> but he's just kind of reaching some of his dumb fans you know but yeah, he's so he's far, far from that uh, type of personality. 
Yeah, and it was what's funny is um I was looking at the Wikipedia entry because I I I only started kind of following that in you know in the last like week or two and I was like oh, okay like I should I should brush up on on this about I wasn't really paying attention to it when it when it was happening um and he he's apparently already said like don't worry Prince Adam isn't really dead after the last episode <laughs> oh, and, God, and they're gonna bring him off. back and so it's like he's already uh. like he doesn't even know he he doesn't even know how to use that to boost the show's PR and his own PR. Like, like if, if he were smart about it, he would seize on that opportunity to get like a bunch of like liberals, super psyched about, about the shitty he man, the, the, you know, the okay he man show on Netflix. Like, like that would be the smart thing to do would be to lean into it. Be like, yeah, we did it to, you know, to, to, to fucking write the wrongs of the original show. And, and then people oh, would, yeah. would take up the, like he, he's, he manages to do the, like the worst possible thing of like kind of apologizing, but not really big. Like, Don't worry. Yeah. We're going to make everybody happy. It'll be fine. He, well, yeah, that's the thing. His, his main instinct is to try to like, like appease people and that's part of the thing so like uh i got i gotta find it i forgot because it's been a little while now but the big uh hashtag uh, uh that was going around immediately after it was uh you know hashtag kevin smith lied and so i was looking into that and trying to f- to figure out like uh you know what was it people were complaining about and they're right he actually did lie either that or he's so <laughs> stupid that he doesn't even know what's going on with his own show that he's theoretically writing cuz like a few months ago uh you know he did cuz uh, some guy named clownfish uh made a post with like some inside information and saying like basically basically uh he-man steps aside and tila becomes the real hero and she has a girlfriend. And Kevin replied to that and said, he said, uh, uh, you know, he goes, as showrunner, I really could have used these story suggestions before we locked the scripts. However, no, He-Man does no stepping aside, wrong, and Tila has no girlfriend on a show. The storyline is pretty dark and way metal, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then he says, with all due respect, metal? I've read every Masters official script for our shows, plus wrote a few, lie, and viewed four amazing animatics. <laughs> While Tila is present and she plays the big, has always been in the... Uh, Masters of the Universe Adventures. She plays a big role. Our series is literally all about He-Man. So, like, he's... he's So, before it came out, like, people are getting mad about it, and he's, like, trying to appease them and explain, like, no, 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 it's not like that. But he's being incredibly obtuse about it and not realizing that the things they're complaining about actually are correct. Like, he's saying, like, what are you talking about? It's all about He-Man. Uh, no one steps aside. She doesn't have a girlfriend. Like, that's all, like, the 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 fact that, you know, the in, in a cartoon for kids, if you uh, get, take, if you give a woman that, like, um, haircut where the side of her head is shaved, <laughs> and then, and then she has, and then she has, like, a, a friend who's a woman, and is like always like by her side and also has short hair like that's you're basically saying like this is her girlfriend like we're not saying it but that's like the like implication you know and like <laughs> like that's you know what they call queer coding right and kevin is too kevin is is either just lying here or he's too dense to see the queer coding in his own fucking show that he's pretending to write <laughs> Uh, apparently and, the second season is already produced so and, and is like is like done and they're supposedly re- like releasing it later this year 
Right. So I wonder. So, so I think. I wonder so I if think he's, he's just not basically even lying attention. again. Yeah. Yeah. He's either he's either not even paying attention or he's literally lying because he's too stupid to understand. Like, you, you can like say this about it now, but they're gonna see the show later and they'll see that that's not true. But he's like, it's it's not lying to him. Like he doesn't see it as lying. Like he thinks he's saying like, you know, He Man doesn't step aside. Yeah, he doesn't step aside. He just gets killed and is not on screen for most of the show. You know. And then, like, uh, like, uh, I, I don't know what, what he thinks here. Like, it, I mean, it would have been smart to just not respond to that in the first place. But it's ridiculous that he's, like, saying, like, no, 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 she doesn't have a girlfriend. It's all about he, like, and then that's, like, a big reason why people are so mad, or at least pretending to be mad, because they pretend that they ever cared about He-Man in the first place. But, uh, yeah, he's, like, a big idiot and and a liar. So I think he's probably lying or just wrong about the shit that, <laughs> that that he's saying, you know, about like, oh, no, don't worry. Prince Adam will be back. What do you mean? Like, because first you killed him off and was, sent him to Valhalla. And then you made a whole thing out of like, OK, but if you go back, you can never come to Valhalla again. And then they immediately killed him off. So that's <laughs> implying like basically what you're communicating is like he's seriously gone now for real this time. <laughs> like I did. But think Kevin that was is pretty too, funny. This is why I feel like he's just so not involved in the show because he like he isn't even picking up on the like, you know, the very clear messages that the show is, is sending <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> it, like this just makes me like really think that he had as little to do with it as possible because is he just like making shit up? Like what what does he think? Like I don't understand how any he could say any of that shit and like it's actually have worked he, on the show he he doesn't want those people the like anti-feminist people to be mad at him because he identifies with them to somebody even though he sort of wants to be seen as woke which is why he sort of tries to gesture towards that stuff he wants the feminists to like him too obviously but he also wants the anti-feminist people to like him so he's justifying all of this in his head and like telling himself like oh no this can please everybody you know, and then he's like <laughs> interpreting it in a way where he can say like, no, 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 it's not. It's not woke uh, feminist stuff. It's not. But it's like, <laughs> like, dude, like use your fucking brain like they're not going <laughs> to you can't you can't like you can't change what the show is or how people interpret it. So like he is basically just lying. Yeah, he I feel like he he's still trying to be like an early 2000s geek media figure that that's his comfort zone and he's never quite figured out how to deal with kind of like the politicization politicization of the you know the 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 geek identity where it's like you kind of have like you know reactionary chud gamer types and then you also have kind of like you know super woke or like far left you know geek type people like he he's still kind of trying to do like the ain't it cool news style like everybody loves batman batman's fucking awesome i don't give a shit about politics man i just want to fucking write about batman like it th that just seems to be his approach and he doesn't seem to be clever enough to navigate anything other than that and and really does kind of feel like he shoots himself in 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 the foot or at least misses out on an opportunity to because like I feel like it's kind of it's kind of dangling there if he would declare 
aside one way or another would yeah. probably be a boost to his career. Like if, well, if he well, were to well, either here, become a reactionary or to become super woke would probably well, he, either way would, here's be, the would thing. Like better his career. Here, here's the thing. Uh, what what, uh, what I think is one thing that I think is good about the, the cartoon through no fault of Kevin's is that it's not like latching onto us uh, it's not like going out of its way to be like woke or whatever yeah. like she-ra but it's also not like not doing that you know like it, it and that's that's frank, frankly something that i think there needs to be more of for a children's cartoon like you can have like you can have a thing that centers female characters or poc or whatever and not have it be like so cloyingly desperate to show you how woke it is you know so that like the work itself being kind of in between is good the thing that he's doing wrong is just in his like response to it and try the fact that, like if you don't want to grab on if you don't want to latch on to either side of that stupid debate which there's no reason you should you just don't need to address these yeah. things. You don't need you can like laugh it off like when people complain. But like you, I don't think that he needs to like like if I were him, which is a horrible thought, like I, I wouldn't want to like lean into it and be like, oh, these, uh, you know, these fucking alt-right losers are so mad. White boy tears, whatever, because that's just <laughs> annoying. <laughs> like I, like but it's like. It, what he's doing wrong is trying to like uh, is just uselessly trying to appease them, which just makes them even more mad. Yeah. But uh, God, there's so many. I, I'm I, I I had to scroll through the Twitter feed and I'm seeing all these. This one post that was going around was this guy who posted like a screenshot of a, a YouTube comment on this fucking thing. And he said, many comments on critical drinkers takedown of Kevin Smith's He-Man are inspirational and pun intended revelatory. <laughs> Hashtag Kevin Smith lied. It, it's so funny. This was such a huge topic for like a day or two. Feels like ancient history now, but <laughs> I'm seeing these old posts and remembering how funny it was. You know, it's, it's interesting. The point that you make about, about kind of that it's good that there are these like kid shows that 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 kind of occupy a, a zone where it's like they're not uh, intentionally going out of their way to declare a side. And what I almost feel like is that the the point is not necessarily just they're not declaring a side, but that they're not trying to speak to the politics of like 27 year olds who are watching yeah. it because yeah. they want to watch a political cartoon. Like this very much does feel like a cartoon that's made for like a 15 year old or like a 14 right. year old who's like, yeah, I want to see He-Man fucking kill some people. And, and, and that's cool. And they got lasers and that's cool too. Like it, it actually feels like a cartoon made for, you know, young teenagers instead of like a cartoon quote unquote made for teenagers. That's really made for, you know, people to post about on, on Twitter. Yeah. And I, and I do think that like, you know, something like She-Ra is made with the best of intentions and it probably does mostly appeal to like, you know, queer, uh, teenagers like, and, and, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Cause I don't know very many teenagers, but like, I, I, I feel like they, that's what it's going for in the same way that Steven universe does. It's like, Oh, you know, we want, uh, uh, you know, young, young people yeah. and kids who feel a little different and don't feel like they belong to have something to latch on to. But I, I mean, I think she does it to a fault where something like Steven universe doesn't like the way that, uh, Steven universe doesn't 
it, it, it's it's like all, all all of the like uh uh actually i don't even want to get into talking about steven universe just for, forget it forget i even brought that up <laughs> yeah I, I agree with you but i also agree i don't really feel like like uh like talking about it yeah yeah i i realized i didn't want to go off on that tangent so i'm just aborting that <laughs> let's make fun of kevin smith some more because he's he, yeah he really yeah is back so to happy. kevin smith <laughs> he he's he's such like a it's it He's such a um, I I feel like for a long time part of his charm was that he was not like media polished and was and was therefore quote unquote approachable. Um, I I remember the episode that that you all did about uh the the like live shows uh for for uh uh a night with Kevin Smith and like that yeah. for a long time felt like it was a very positive thing for him or like people viewed it as a positive thing or like oh you know he's not polished he's just kind of you know talking and running his mouth and i feel like now people have figured out how to be approachable while also being kind of normal and somewhat professional when they're doing like you know they're like promotional rounds and I, I feel like he hasn't quite figured out how to do that and so it's just it's just it's just like kevin smith talking about another thing and and, and if that's appealing to you then I guess it would be appealing, but he, to me, he's not even a very effective like hype man for the stuff that that he works on at this point. This included, especially this, because because he doesn't yeah. even seem especially plugged into it. Yeah, Kevin Smith's name being on this, I guess, was supposed to be like a selling point, but he's just out there fucking talking shit and making people <laughs> mad and not even getting the point of his own fucking cartoon. <laughs> this one you just sent is funny because new kevin is talking to old kevin like what a loser doesn't this fat fuck no good weed cost money he doesn't he didn't smoke weed then probably <laughs> he didn't start smoking weed until like his late 30s yeah and but also the, the, the but just the premise that kevin smith is a sellout like oh he really sold out he used to be he used to be such a such a cool like honest like truth teller and now he's sold out yeah, to as the if woke he agenda because he needs weed money <laughs> As if he didn't say from the beginning of his career that he would sell out as soon as possible. Like, that was his whole thing. He's like, yeah, I'll, the, you know, I just want to sell more money. This other image is my favorite, though. The one where it, there's Kevin Smith and his speech bubble says, like it or you're not a real fan. <laughs> and then and then the He-Man behind him with his sword goes going, this is for Orko. <laughs> like, the guy, the guy that made this is so mad that Kevin Smith killed off Orko that he's imagining awesome. He-Man in his head, like, getting revenge on Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's such a, like, yeah, just... Did, did you notice that that charging He-Man is also in the background of the second one? For some yeah, reason? yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. I did not. That's amazing. It's just there as as a backdrop. <laughs> this guy must have just really like had a good like two and a half hours straight of just thinking of He-Man killing Kevin Smith. There, you know what, <laughs> Which, though? Hey, there, there are me too. There man. are people. Um, who would have this reaction? Who would sit there and think for two hours about about having this reaction to to He Man and that He Man is just the thing that they're super attached to, and they would just be mad at at any change to it. And, and so I don't know that I believe that. Here's here's another one. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, 
I, like, that's just I don't know that's that, just that that's I've... just He Man saying to crying Kevin Smith, Clownfish was right because Clownfish <laughs> was the guy he quote tweeted when he told those lies. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that this is the one that uses like the actual old He Man. Yeah, show. the yeah. other one use the new He Man. Like, well, yeah. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't get a get a picture from the old show of He Man charging with his sword to kill Kevin Smith because he didn't do that on the old show. <laughs> I like how he's not even. Well, I, I guess it's. I, I don't know who that character is who they put the crying face on. Yeah, I don't know. I assume it's some go, really some annoying. goofy soy boy yeah. type of character. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I wanted to say about uh, Orko because uh, so in, in this they uh, they they retcon uh, Orko slightly here because they talk they have him reflecting on his. I forget what the name of his other uh, uh, dimension of little annoying people is that he comes from. But uh, basically, he's saying that he was like a joke to them. And that's why he left, you know, because it's a it's like a whole world. It's a whole world of like great magicians and he sucks at magic. (laughs) But um, in there was an episode I remember from the original He-Man where they go to uh uh two orcos dimension and of course all the uh all the other uh all the other little orco guys are um like him you know yeah. uh in- intellectually speaking um and uh and they're just as annoying as him and also but the thing about that episode was it was established that in orco's world orco is actually considered a great sorcerer <laughs> That he's because he's like, the, even though like the whole thing about Orko's character is that every single time he tries to cast a spell, he gets it wrong and usually causes more problems. <laughs> like somehow by the standards of his shitty world of Orko's, he's the best one that exists. And there's like a really obnoxious girl Orko there who like loves him and wants to marry him. <laughs> and it's like, why sad. would you ever leave this this fucking stupid ass world where you're the best one to go to like a normal place where everyone could see how much you suck and you're never helpful to anybody. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you just stay in your weird little Orko world? But of course they retcon that and Orko is just as much of a joke in his home world as he is in Eternia. Was there a, was there a She-Ra Orko equivalent? I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. There was a, there was like a weird, like old mushroom lady. Kind oh, of like that's goofy. right. Yeah, yeah, She yeah. was kind of She-Ra's version of Orko. That's right. And I, and I think she, and she had like an old Jewish lady type of voice. She was very Jew coded, if, <laughs> if I recall. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to make sure to get that point in about Orko because of watching the old show, Orko is the most consistently fucking annoying thing. Um. <laughs> oh, also, I think Orko is played by Griffin uh, Newman, who uh, hosts that Blank Check podcast, and uh, uh, they're and they're the reason that Valerie and I didn't do the Elaine May uh, podcast because they did it first. So that's oh. a little, uh, you know, small world <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they got in trouble for saying creepy stuff about wanting to have sex with Elaine May. So, um, you know. dodged a bullet there. Yeah, uh, there's there's a little bit of a uh, a Kevin's receipts thing that I wanted to get into because somebody sent me this post, and uh, it it's not du- it's not directly related to He Man because okay, because big news apparently Kevin Smith is currently filming Clerks three. 
So yeah, I think I officially have to move past the point of skepticism and say that Clerks Three probably is happening. <laughs> but um, but uh, <laughs> so I, I guess, but because of the He Man thing, uh, Kevin Smith is kind of gone on the list of people that right wing culture warriors will just complain about at any turn because he's associated with the you know the with the woke agenda or whatever. So I guess Kevin Smith uh, quote tweeted this guy with one follower on Twitter <laughs> responding to something about Clerks 3. And this guy said, one good thing comes from this movie. After it's done, Kevin Smith will be forgotten. This is all he has left. He has no actual talent. <laughs> Watching him disappear from people's memories will be the best part of 2022. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, it's so funny to see pe all, all these people talking shit about Kevin now, e even though it's like for the wrong reasons. Like the reason they hate him is because of a cartoon he didn't write that's actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but then Kevin Smith quote tweeted this, you know, total fucking sensitive ass Kevin quote tweets this total fucking rando to like do this fucking uh I've been anticipating being forgotten going on 27 years, but if I can keep making media, good or bad, that's always proof of life. One can even become irrelevant, and I've been than for giant stretches, but so long as one keeps creating, you'll never truly disappear. Heart emoji. Just this Ugh. fucking weird shit, feeling so sorry for himself because some random nobody on Twitter was mean to him. I like how he tries to take like the intellect. You know what that is? That's that's like um, that's like a comeback uh, that you would hear in like an after school like like PSA about like how to deal with bullies. Um, it's where it's like, I, you know what? I'm going to be the bigger person and and be intellectual uh, about this and pontificate about the the temporary and transitive nature of, <laughs> of uh, fame and media. And it's like, shut, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, and either, yeah. either, either tell them to fuck off or better yet, just like, don't respond to them. Don't make like right. a self-pitying post to, to like a one follower person. Yeah. It's so fucking lame. <laughs> I don't know if we talked on the show about how, uh, uh, Kevin, uh, quote tweeted, uh, uh, Vera Drew's post a while back, which, was very scary because it was Vera Vera quote tweeted. That's very close. Yeah, Vera quote tweeted our our podcast and tagged Kevin Smith into <laughs> it. <laughs> and Kevin saw it and and like quote tweet and responded to it because he like was showing like oh like oh look at my mentions one guy like here's one guy saying I'm the best person who ever lived and then here's this other person saying I should go fuck myself and I suck. <laughs> and uh and yeah so it's like that that was too close for comfort i blocked him on the podcast <laughs> account because i was so scared i was so scared like that was just too close for comfort but yeah it's so funny that he'll go out of his way to reply to respond to random people making fun of him it's just it's really <laughs> pathetic and then he squeezes in that self-deprecating shit like <laughs> I've been anticipating being forgotten for 27 years. Shut up, man. Fuck you. <laughs> the the Clerks 3 actually getting made has to be in some way related to like the like pandemic f fallout in some way. There has to be some some connection because I, I, I feel like that is like I, I, I felt like your skepticism was correct. And I still feel like it was correct at the time. 
Um, and well, here, here's the thing. I, I, what I've always been clear about, because to, to be more clear about what my skepticism is, uh, Kevin Smith is constantly talking about like, oh, we're going to make this or that. We're going to do Mallrats 2 or whatever. And then whenever like he says something like that, people will send me the post and be like, oh, my God, this new Kevin Smith movie's coming out. And I'm always like, no, no, no. You got to take that with a grain of salt. But Clerks 3 was always like a maybe in my mind. Like if there's one thing of all the bullshit he talks about doing that'll never happen, if there's one thing that'll actually get made. It is Clerks 3. But I was still sort of optimistic that even that probably wouldn't happen. But, you know, I, I'm wrong. It seems like when other people make posts like that, they actually make it when they're extremely confident that it's being made and they're, and they're actually very far along in the in the process. Yeah. And, and so then with Kevin, get, like, it, it the just payoff. means that he he opened up the script on his computer and like <laughs> typed some. And it's like like, oh, man, like it, pretending that the movie's already in progress. Like he talked so much bullshit about Mallrats 2 for years and years when I'm pretty sure there was no deal in place. He just had ideas for Mallrats 2 swirling around in his head. Yeah. Like, it was never going to fucking happen. He's talking about emailing people and trying to get a meeting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I bet it's uh, Saban Films bankrolling him again because they produced uh, uh, fucking yeah. uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And they've just got billions and billions of, like, uh, you know, Israel blood money to throw at any stupid old uh, project that they feel <laughs> like. And, you know, even though Clerks 3 probably won't make any money, uh, maybe it will get, like, a proper release in theaters or at least a limited one. But, like, I don't think James Simon Bob reboot made any money. I, I can't yeah. see how Clerks 3 will either, but, you know... Who knows? Maybe it's like a like, long-term thing. They're ant anticipating it, you know, selling Blu-rays in the future or something. I don't know. Maybe it's just to keep the, like, Kevin Smith, like, thing going. Like, so they can keep doing movies, pop-ups, stuff like that. Like, it seems like that's the case. Because they bought, right? They bought the old, um, shit, the old Quick Stop for the movie, right? Or is that a different he, thing? He, uh, Kevin just owns that little uh, strip mall, <laughs> I think. Because like, he his new smod, his new, his new smod castle is there, like just two doors down That's from right. Quick Stop. And I think he just owns that, that whole little strip. Is so, it still like, a convenience store or, or is it like a weird Kevin Smith thing now? I honestly don't know if it's an actually operating I, convenience store yeah, or if I it's just there for him to it. use as the convenience store set. <laughs> it almost this is, this sounds stupid, but it almost feels like a betrayal to have it to have it not be a convenience <laughs> store. <laughs> it it might be. I don't know. He he might be. That would, would be, be so funny. It would be so funny. It would be so funny if he owned it and he was employing some kid paying him minimum wage and tre treating him like garbage. Like, <laughs> making him come in on his day off. <laughs> you know, got, they've got to learn the value of hard work, just like uh, Kevin did working yep. there all those Grinding years ago. Grinding it out. <laughs> Gotta gotta grind to to make your 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 indie movie so that years later 
you can you can have a yeah. a, a no show job on a Netflix he, cartoon. <laughs> he he took that job and made something of himself. So this kid can too, you know. Uh, can you imagine like the quality of employee that would work at a Kevin Smith run? It would probably be somebody up. who was really attached to that idea. Um, and yeah, and I, I mean, do, do you remember like? It's it's kind of changed uh, uh, to a degree. I feel like as comics have been a bit more professionalized and, and uh, to a small degree. But do you, do you remember like in like the early two thousands or maybe a little bit later? Like if you went into a comic book shop and it's, it's it, it is still largely like this, where just the people working there are just like the friends of the owner who are just like complete shit bags and yeah. are just hanging out. That's, That's what exactly like. what Kevin yeah. Smith's comic book store is. Jane yep. Silent Bob's secret stash. <laughs> <laughs> he has all of his friends working there being assholes, and they made a whole goddamn reality show about it. <laughs> that episode was too depressing to me to finish. Oh my god, to you dude! Talk about it. <laughs> that that was rough. And and I also think that like his friends that that quote unquote work there aren't actually the ones doing any of the work, and they're actual employees that you don't see on the TV show staffing the place, and his friends just show up to like hang out. <laughs> That's so weird. That that's got to be such su- such a strange half life of an existence where like, like you are the professional sycophant of someone who is essentially himself a, a professional sycophant. Like, <laughs> you're, yeah, you're you're siphoning off like one you know one one thousandth of the glamour of Hollywood. You know, through the tiniest straw that that yeah. there will be blood style goes all the way over and and gets just a little tiny sip of the milkshake. It's it's like holding on to like the loose threads of the coattails. Like Kevin Smith's <laughs> riding coattails, and they're just on the like little like whiskers hanging off of the, barely clinging on to that coattail. <laughs> but yeah, I guess um uh uh Joe who uh, sent sent me this uh, Kevin's receipts. Uh, uh, I guess uh, he's he reports that uh, all these right-wing man-children who are mad about the He-Man cartoon are manifesting that Clerks 3 will be a disaster. So uh, all, all of my support to those uh, angry losers. Yes. Uh, I hope that your meme, I hope your meme magic works and uh, <laughs> Clerks 3 is, is a huge failure and it stops uh, Kevin from ever having any kind of career ever again. I hope this is the one that finally does it. Uh, yeah, and, I, uh, I think I think they're on the smart money there. I, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think in in this case only they are on the right side of history. Yeah. So but, uh, kudos to them. Like almost almost like the bigger a production each kevin smith each new like each new kevin smith thing the bigger the production is the the more likelihood it will end his career cuz if it's a small failure that's not a big deal but if somehow people actually invested a bunch of money on a kevin smith thing that there's a pretty high likelihood that it will actually finally piss people off. Oh, but but this is this is fucking I'm sure it's like a five million dollar budget at most for the because, you know, it's not like he has to pay fucking Dante and Randall anything. <laughs> and and, you know, maybe Rosario Dawson will will sh- show up for a cameo or something, but it's not going to get any real uh real actors in starring roles, you know, like it's it, it's definitely not going to be more than like a 10 million dollar production which is like chump change in hollywood accounting so you know it it it, it, they they wouldn't after i'm trying to remember what his most expensive movie was i think it might have been jersey girl 
But uh, I think ever since like that, uh, you know, huge flop, like no one's ever going to risk like serious money on him again. But uh, what were you saying about Kilroy was here? So Kilroy was here. It's not out yet. And he's already just like hyping up his next movie. And it's didn't like, he auction it off as an NFT? Didn't he sell Kilroy was here to someone? Wasn't it going to like still be released or something like we have to watch it for the fucking show. But I think that if he I think that the NFT included the rights to the movie for whoever bought it. So like they would have to be the one oh. to like release it. <laughs> he did like a Wu-Tang that's, album. That's so presumptuous. And like not just like, yeah, I, I guess that's what I remember reading. I didn't now. follow up on it. Maybe it's a scam and he just sold it like he well, just like had somebody it, it, set up it to buy it. It is a scam. It. It's an NFT. Well, That's done. like it's the but definition like, of a fucking scam. <laughs> like he was just never intending to ever like have anybody see Kilroy was here and he had some like one of his friends. Oh, it, it was it was cool. never going to come out. Uh, uh, but the thing is, like, you know, it, I think it was planned for maybe uh, this past October or maybe it was this. I don't know what it was, but like the pit. The pandemic basically ensured that there was no way it was ever going to play in a theater. And I'm sure like he could get a streaming deal, but they'd all be severely lowballing him for it. Like they don't want to pay any. Uh, so like th- he probably he or Scott Mosier or whoever probably figured out that they could potentially make more money selling it as an NFT to some random person than they could mm. taking a streaming deal. But uh, yeah. I can't find any updates on what the what happened with that he announced that he was selling it as an nft back in 1994 i took my first flick to sundance to sell it now in 2021 i'm taking my new flick to crypto to sell it so he doesn't even understand this (laughs) i don't think he understands what an nft is kilroy was here to be the first film sold as an nft winner can even distribute it that that's so that's so fucking funny that it's like (laughs) because like how would whoever buys the thing even like it, you can't even distribute it yourself, but like whatever asshole ends up spending money to buy the thing <laughs> is going to supposedly figure out how to distribute it to theaters. You know, like good fucking luck. Yeah. Welcome to Jay and Silent Bob's crypto studio, home <laughs> of the smoking tokens. That's pretty good. Smoking tokens. Yeah, I can't figure out whether it actually <sighs> sold uh, to anyone. Yeah, the buyer would have the rights to exhibit, distribute, or stream the piece. Okay, so theoretically, the person that bought it could just take a fucking deal from Amazon Prime, you know, and make, like, some quick money off of it. (laughs) Oh, my God, he's creating Uh, his own... He's actually creating his own NFT marketplace. Oh, my God. That seems like (laughs) a really bad... that, that, That was a bad idea at the time. Uh, and it's an even worse idea now. <laughs> oh my God! There's he has a website for this and everything. I thought the Jane Silent Bob Crypto Studio was just a dumb little joke, but this is an actual thing he's doing. All of these NFTs is basically just him selling off like, uh, fucking like, uh, like memorabilia and swag and like cameos and shit. But it's like packaging it is like, oh, but it's cryptocurrency, <laughs> like. If you bought a Bluntman and Chronic issue one comic cover NFT, you've bought the first in our comic cover series. If you bought, if you caught a Kilroy was here preview NFT, hold on to it because it's bound to go up in value when we auctioned the Kilroy. Oh, so they haven't auctioned off Kilroy was here yet. 
What? This is such a huge uh, fucking what? scam. That seems like what a fuck, fuck up. Actually. And if you won one of the platinum smoking tokens, congrats! Your crypto cameos include. Oh my god! One of the people who buys an NFT gets to make a cameo in Clerks Three. The June will feature Jesus. another round of smoke and tokens, this time commemorating blah, blah, blah. A second Bluntman and Chronic comic cover. That, so basically, it's just a bunch of crap he's selling off, but trying to inflate the value by making it a blockchain thing. This is so weird. Oh, I thought you came up with the name Smoke and Token. That's an actual thing. Wow. No, yeah, that's what he's calling it. <laughs> wow. I was kind of impressed. I was like, wow, that's exactly what Kevin Smith would call it. And and it turns out oh, that no, I was right about it this. Is. I, I, you know, I, I was just reading his tweet, but I thought that he was just making a joke. But no, this is a real thing. Holy shit. Smoking token uh, yellow. Is this movie gonna he be- was selling these for $654 for the smoking token yellows. The smoke and token orange was $327. These are all sold out. Jesus Christ, he sold 66 of one of these for $144 each. How did, where is these values coming from? Seven smoke and token purples sold for uh, $1,243 each. What the f- And these things he's selling is just a little gif. Of uh, the logo of Jane Silent Bob reboot, and then it says Jane Silent Bob smoking tokens on it. It's what's what's doubly funny about that is like not only is it pathetic, but it's actually like the amount is small enough that it's actually like like extra pathetic because like it's not even yeah. a very big <laughs> scam. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like an Ed Ed and Eddie scam. Yeah, like he just wants to buy a bunch of jawbreakers. Yeah, like like he did a big scam for about what like eighty thousand dollars is like everything yeah. that you have oh. you have listed out so far. I'll 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 also bet that like whatever like uh you know dipshit crypto guy talked him into doing this is totally ripping him off too. Like it's some fucking Ukrainian mob. It's some fucking NFT uh, scam artist who talked him into doing this. And of course, Kevin has no understanding of how it works. And the guy's probably taking like a 60% cut. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is so insane. (laughs) I'm looking just at like the stuff that he sells on his merch shop. He has a birthday cards set. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, that's stash jar. That's the thing. This is why he doesn't even need to make movies anymore, because he can just make money off of himself as like a personality and sell all this useless bullshit. And now he's doing it as a crypto thing. Oh, my God. It's pathetic. God, a sign. He is so pathetic. Something that's funny is if you um, if if you Google smoke and token, the 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 first the first bunch of results are are actually for like an arcade game from 1991 and Kevin Smith's thing is like at the bottom of of the search results <laughs> we look forward to building long-term interactions with artists and their audiences and as the power of blockchains expand provide a platform that allows unlimited creativity what the fuck are you talking about you're just selling fucking animated gifs. <laughs> this sucks so much, man. 
So it looks like it's look it looks like it's this company called Phantasma Chain. Uh, yeah, which seems to have specialized in doing a bunch of these scams un- unsurpri- unsurprisingly. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's what they do. They reach out to fucking idiots like Kevin Smith and uh, and be like, hey, will you lend your likeness or trademark or whatever to this thing? And we'll make a lot of money uh, uh, for doing absolutely nothing. Selling a trailer as an NFT is like just sad oh there's toys too there's the buddy jesus dashboard figurine movie plush toy yeah oh but this is just regular merch this isn't even nft stuff it's just on the same website to give people more bullshit to spend their money on god he's got a a hot sauce this sucks man this uh Okay, so he's selling signed uh, Blu-rays of Madness in the Method, which was Jason Muses' movie, and I'm really curious. Yeah, not his movie. I'm really curious about how much of a cut uh, Jay gets for that. (laughs) All right. Well, um, uh, uh, should we should we steer the conversation uh, back to He-Man, or is there even anything left to say about it? I I like didn't come into this with much to say about it. Honestly. Yeah, you it was... didn't you didn't care about the He Man thing. I liked it. Yeah, um, and I'm excited to I, see I the no second half of it or whatever He-Man. because Skeletor Skeletor got the fucking uh, uh, sword of Grayskull yeah. and now he's an even bigger, scarier Skeletor. That's cool. I hope <laughs> that they do kind of yeah. So, I did like so that. my my kind of thoughts on it overall is is I liked it. Um, but not a whole lot. But I am curious mm-hmm. to see where it goes because I actually feel uh, coming out of this this season more or less how I felt after the first season of Castlevania, where I was kind of like, oh, that was kind of promising, but like it didn't really do a whole lot. It kind of just like sets itself up, and this very much feels like that. I hope that they do something cool with the show where it turns out to be kind of like a like a world of ruin, like like Skeletor as this oh, god yeah. figure makes everything all super fucked up and and like yeah. that, that could actually be like pretty cool. Um, so you know, I'll I'll probably check it out when it when it comes out uh, eventually, and if it seems cool, I'll probably watch it. Uh, yeah. As long as Kevin Smith doesn't have too much more to do with it than he did with yeah. the first season. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's already done. Like, it, it's like any pre-production or writing was already done by now. Like, uh, so like, you know, th- there's no chance of Kevin I- influencing it negatively from this point. You know, it, it is whatever it is. He can't. He can't. And we'll get to anymore. see. We'll get to see Tila as the girl version of He Man. So that'll be cool, probably. She Man. <laughs> yeah, She Man or He. He. It would be hilarious if it was He Woman. <laughs> yeah, I. It'd be awesome if it was just her head, but on He Man's body. <laughs> that would like, be kind of the exact same yeah. outfit with the with cool. the the bear man's chest. Hey, hey, hey! He the, has like, a hard little halter top. Oh, okay, true. That's right. a halter top. I don't even know if I could call that a harness. Yeah, I have... I watched the whole thing, couldn't form an opinion on it other than... Yeah. The, fir- the first e- the first episode was really cool, and the, the way it ended was cool, and it was just sort of worth watching. If you like cartoons like me, then, uh, you know, yeah. pretty, pretty much worth it's very, watching. It's a very cartoony cartoon. Uh, I think the high point 
of the series for me was was when evil Lynn kind of like stops being evil Lynn and is just like i'm just yeah. lynn now and takes off I- her it, it was kind of <laughs> cool that like she was kind of old like not like not like uh-huh. old old but like she you know she was it, there, there was a there was a sense uh, that the character had kind of like progressed which which uh, again yeah. i give i well, give the series some credit for I also like that once Skeletor is back, she just goes back to him because yeah. it's like, like, it, it, like you're seeing like, oh, like, oh, she's actually she's becoming good. She's not all bad. But then once Skeletor is there, it's like, yeah, she's just going to go back to Skeletor. Like, he's the boss, you know, yeah. you're not going to go against him. And then, oh, then also the fact that Beast Man was still like fiercely loyal to that was Evil really Lynn cool. Actually, followed them around to that. like protect her. I like yeah. that. I thought that was actually really interesting because Beastman was always like, like the shittiest, dumbest of Skeletor's uh, gang, from what I recall. Like he was like uh-huh. he was like the chump who always gets immediately defeated, um, right. and was kind of like like really wasn't even like remotely a, a threat. And and so yeah, it was kind of cool that he was actually like like kind of a badass. He was kind of like a simp, like an ultimate simp. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That was kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Maybe I'll watch it again. Probably not. But, you know, I'm at least sort of looking forward to uh, to the second half of it. Um, so, uh, 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 Kurt, uh, Blood Knife, of course. Everyone listens to this already knows about Blood Knife. But, uh, you know, yeah. keep reading Blood Knife. It it's rocks. awesome. Uh, speaking of cartoons... Uh, are are we ever going to see the release of that uh, Parents Just Don't Understand yes. episode we did about the Batman movie? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I was I, I was waiting for that to to come up. And actually, yes. Yeah, so I had it about halfway edited and then uh, the laptop that I was using died. But I re-downloaded the, uh, the individual tracks and I was actually editing them earlier today. So, yes. I will oh, tell wow. You, within nice. the next three weeks, I will release that. Really? And I will tag everyone. That's on, amazing. On yep. Stay tuned yep. for that. Parents just don't understand an episode that we recorded almost a year ago. Almost a year ago with Rose. Rose was still part of. We need to talk about Kevin. Yeah. When we did this episode, talking about a uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which would have tied in very nicely with the Batman miniseries <laughs> we were doing at the time. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe you should do it. <laughs> oh, and also, if you like hearing about cartoons. By the by, the time you're hearing this, it's possible that I've finally finished the the cartoons episode of Ted and Trevor's Secret Stash. <laughs> I really, I really hope that that's available for you to uh, hear on Patreon if you sign up uh, for as little as two dollars and fifty cents a month. Check that out, and you should sign up because it's a good Patreon. It's a good podcast. You you can tell that because I'm on it. More importantly, you should si- <laughs> sign up to uh, support uh, Blood Knife at patreon.com slash blood knife. Yes. Yes, you should. We actually have some really cool issues uh, com- coming up. We, we I kind of screwed up the production schedule towards, towards the end of the summer a little bit, but um, we have uh, a cyberpunk-focused... Uh, first first anniversary issue is is coming out in the next couple of weeks oh, awesome. uh and then we have an we, we have an, an issue that's going to be all about satan um different oh that's different sick. stuff <laughs> yeah uh and then that's there's going to so be cool. one about uh transhumanism is is also coming out a little bit later cool. in the year that that has some some real bangers that are being written 
uh, for that and, uh, as well. And friend of the show, uh, Rose, had a had a great article yeah. in the most uh, recent issue about uh, uh, Mary Heron and, uh, you know, director yeah, American, American Psycho, Psycho and, and uh, Charlie Says. Charlie yeah. Says. Really good. Really, really good article. Yeah. Really great stuff. I love Mary Heron. She's very underappreciated as a director, and uh, I really enjoyed the article. So check. I that didn't out. even realize that she had directed Charlie Says. Um, I I kind of hadn't paid much attention to it, and now I definitely have to watch it because Charlie terrific. Says is cool. I liked it a lot. I I, I haven't seen her uh, her uh, her Betty Page um, film either. Uh, which, which uh, I should, it's I should it's watch it's good. I, I watched that recently. Also, it's it's really good. I, I uh, uh, it's 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 really interesting how how like American Psycho is this like beloved cult movie, and that but none of that clout transferred on to Mary Heron, and, and yeah. people also don't realize how directly responsible she was for so many of the great things about that movie, and how she had to like fight the studio to get it made uh, the way it was so yeah um, and and pe- people will still shit on it as being this like toxically masculine film oh my it's god like, do you I know. realize that <laughs> who directed it and what and what the previous two movies that she directed were <laughs> yeah 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 mary heron is great check that out check out rose's article uh bloodknife.com and uh, thanks for having me back on the show, boys. I, I greatly appreciate it. Always yeah, love coming on. Always love sh- shitting on Kevin Smith. Uh, yeah, we got to have you here anytime we're talking about a children's cartoon, of course. So, <laughs> uh, All right. Uh, thanks, Kurt. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.